0: Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track.
1: Yeah, good morning. Uh, welcome to Terrigal, one of the world's best locations. Just a gorgeous day, a hive of activity down here. Looks like about maybe 25 people on patrol in the red and yellow, one of the great volunteer organisations in the world. Just to the left of us, there's an Iron Man and Iron Woman session taking place. And we're maybe a few weeks away from the New South Wales Championships in Surfly Saving, and the Australian Championships are over in Perth this year. And Buttes, good morning oh. to you. They look like they're having a, a red hot go this morning. And one thing they may be doing here at Terrigal, we'll find out as the day continues, they might be doing team selections. And so the pace is on. Good morning, mate. What, what's ah, happened?
2: Steve, I've got a bit of a... I went boxing this morning, and I've got a little <laughs> bit of sand in my eye, and it's just affected me. I can't open my eye at the moment. It's ridiculous. I, but you talked about you about red hot. Um, it's going to be red hot today. <laughs> yes. uh, that's all I know, because the sun is out here shining, and it's probably about 28 degrees at the moment. It's going to be a warm day, and uh, you know I recommend to all our listeners, take it easy. Stay as cool as you possibly can. And for all those uh, people competing in sports, just be mindful uh, of you know, your hydration and, and what you're doing there. Take yourself out in the sun, slip, sop, slap, uh, but it's gonna be an absolute cracker of a day. And Steve, I have gotta say, there's no better spot than we, when we, where we do our uh, our sports show than here right now. And uh, Terrigal is at its very, very best.
1: Yeah, thanks to the surf club for allowing us to come here. Sometimes it's really difficult to broadcast from the balcony because it's always booked out. So if you wanna have your special occasion, Talk to Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club, and you could have one of the best views in the world up here on the balcony for your next event. sir, speaking of weather conditions, I know the New South Wales, or not the New South Wales, the Australian Kayaking Grand Prix is on at Penrith today. Yep. As well as the World Club Challenge. But the kayaking, they're taking an an extended break during the day because of these weather conditions. So I think it's meant to hit 40 in Sydney's west.
2: Yeah, so yeah, there's no ocean breeze out there mate, that's what I know.
1: Some of the big guns from the coast are in action. Fletcher Armstrong, yeah. uh, Riley Fitzsimmons, two-time Olympian, uh, certainly he'll be a three-time Olympian. Ella Beer who won a world championship yes. medal in kayaking and the great Gemma Smith who's a world champion in, in surfski paddling. So they're all in action at Penrith. But the racing will stop, I think, around about mid-morning, and then they'll resume later in the afternoon.
2: Oh, I know last week we had our junior Oztag tournament out at St Mary's, our nines and tens, and uh, we had to uh, postpone the last four time slots on the Saturday just because of, you know, there's uh, m- with Australian medical um, practice, there's a uh, you know there's certain temperature and humidity. Once you reach that point, it's catastrophic, and it's basically you need to uh, stop any sort of Uh, sporting activity. So it's going to be interesting today. I know they've delayed various um, kickoff times for the NRL. Um, But what I do know, last week, uh, in fact, when we called it off at about 3 o'clock at 7 p.m. out at St. Mary's, the conditions were worse than when we called it off. So it was like, basically it was like an oven or a slow cooker that was just maintaining its heat up until probably about 8 o'clock that night. And even then, there was not much respite. But the conditions were worse as the day got on. So, um, yeah, there are challenges there for sporting codes. No doubt about it.
1: How do you think St. Helens will go? I mean, they've been (laughs) staying at Manly for a couple of weeks. Dave Fairley will join us. In the second hour this morning, in fact right on ten o'clock. So he was involved with Penrith mm. under Ivan Cleary. And also he's a legend at Saint Helens. So did he,
2: did he have he had one season there?
1: Yeah, one season. One season
2: but made their team of the century? Yeah. Like just phenomenal. Like obviously the impact he had was just phenomenal.
1: Yeah, imagine going to bed each night knowing that you've played one season at a club and you're so revered.
2: Yeah, unbelievable.
1: Yeah, let's not forget he's the first local junior to play for Australia. So really looking forward to Dave joining us at 10 o'clock this morning. Hey Buttes, so due to unforeseen circumstances we couldn't get to wear last week, yeah. uh, it was a personal problem with myself and I know you were away. So we missed a couple of sporting events. We just want to roll this in thanks to Adam Staples back at headquarters. This was the moment. I'm sure it would have made your top three. This was the moment of last week in the NBA in America. And, you know, I love the LA Lakers back in the day. Magic Johnson and the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. What a player! Starting a Bruce Lee movie as well—a real, real rock (laughs) star—and
2: and and Flying High. He was in Flying High. One of the great movies. I'm telling you, one of the classics.
1: Yeah. Well, this unfolded Uh, last week in the NBA. LeBron James, a shot in history.
0: to say um, uh, thank you to the Laker faithful. Um, you guys are one of a kind. To be able to be in the presence of such a legend and great as Kareem, it, it means so much to me. It's very humbling.
1: Yeah, that is amazing, isn't it?
0: I've got to
2: say, uh, it actually blew me away. I watched the highlights last week. The whole game, like it, everything stopped for 20 minutes, which just I was surprised. You know, they had the whole presentation ready to go Kareem Abdul-Jabbar comes out on the court hands over it's almost like passing the baton it was just and then you got to go back and play for another 20 minutes like I know you know we saw probably scenes like that with Buddy Franklin but there was no presentation as such this was just you know fans coming onto the field and celebrating but this was all planned and scheduled and I just found it really amazing that it happened in the middle of the Uh, the middle of the game but you know what so be it that's the way they roll in america and you know what what was it Thirty-eight thousand three hundred and eighty-eight points or something along those lines like it just it is hard to fathom hard to understand that this is a man who has played for some 18 19 20 years and is averaging 1900 to 2000 points a game he will go down as one of the greatest of greatest of all time Will he be the greatest of all time? Look, that's debatable. Uh, there's uh, other guys in the pit mix. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's got to be one of them. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and, of course, Michael Jordan will be there. Uh, and there's some guys now that are currently playing our game, or playing the game of uh, basketball in the NBA, that, you know what, they're going to be pushing as well.
1: Uh, you know, the key thing about LeBron is the way he's playing as an older man. Yeah. So he's late 30s now. And he's still just putting up massive numbers night after night. Same as Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yep. And if you look at Kareem's numbers, six time NBA champion, 71, 80, 82, 85, 87, 88. Twice. What was was was... his first one? Uh, So it was in 71.
2: 71. And then his last one was when? So he wins
1: with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is where Anta Tukumbo is, Yanis. Yep, yep. okay. So long time between drinks for those guys. (laughs) Half a century, in fact. But two-time NBA Finals MVP and six-time MVP in the competition.
2: You forget how good he was, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar.
1: Well, we had the sweetest shot the game's ever seen. skyhook. Yeah.
2: The skyhook, And he did an amazing job on flying high, I've got to tell you. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal.
1: Hey, so we missed LeBron last week, but yep. this week... The world stops uh, on Monday our time. <laughs> Did it what? Super Bowl, and can you believe? SEN has called it, and you've you've heard it was a magnificent call. Ah, uh,
2: uh, Waitley was what's Career best form. Oh, mate, he was outstanding. I've got to say, and, um, you know, and it's funny, you know, when you think about how Australians core sport, you know, we add so much excitement to it. Whereas the Americans, it's almost like they're filling in time because the game is so stop start. They actually don't make it exciting, whereas yeah. our Aussie commentators... And, and you know, what, that's hard to do in a game of NFL that goes for three or four hours. Yeah, so you think... you managed to nail it.
1: You think about great commentators, so straight away you throw up Bruce McAvaney. Yep. Then, in our sport that we love, NRL, you throw up Ray Warren. Ray Warren, yep. Then, Dennis Cometti. You know, it's a really smooth voice, smooth as honey. Richard but, Benno. But, Waitley. my goodness, what a commentator he is yep. across numerous sports. Let's roll in the highlights from the Super Bowl on Monday.
0: One play left in all likelihood.
3: Jalen Hurts, he's got to come up with a miracle. He backs into the pocket. He lets the receivers get to the end zone. He stands and he heaves down the field. It's short of the end zone. And the Chiefs win Super Bowl 57. It is a legacy moment for Patrick Mahomes. It is testimony to the genius of Andy Reid. And it is pandemonium for this generation of Chiefs who collapse on the field in a swamp by their teammates. And the Phoenix air fills with a red and yellow confetti.
1: Yeah, that is just brilliant. And thanks to Adam back at headquarters for piecing that together. What a great call. And, you know, they were down, at, down by 10 at halftime.
2: Yeah. And,
1: and I think they score with every possession, every drive, at the start of the second half, three
2: possessions in that second half they score on every possession, like you said. Mahomes was outstanding. I'll tell you what, Jalen Hurts was outstanding in a losing side. He was the Mbappe of um, yeah, good, good call, Butts. The, the Super Bowl because you know he scored three rushing touchdowns. His numbers were off the charts, <laughs> ridiculous, and unfortunately just couldn't get the job done. You know what I found really interesting, Steve, was that last passage that you know the last minute and a half two minutes the Chiefs had a chance to score a touchdown and the guy pulls up yeah, short he yeah, takes a knee yeah and, and you know what it was so smart right yeah that was the play and think about that in like think about that situation mm. right in a game it's 35 all there's two minutes to go
1: yeah
2: right and you're just about to stroll over for a, a touchdown in Super Bowl right to win the game mm instead you take a knee slide out because your team that's yeah. what your team needed and you know you're going to give the glory to the kicker who's had three kicks all year yeah. and he's going to get everything
1: he, he's lucky he didn't slide
2: in yes yeah yeah but once you as soon as your knee hits the ground that's it you you, you know it's a down it's,
1: do you know it's a strange one it's almost like in football running to the corner in the dying seconds it, it sometimes it's ugly to watch yes But they had to do
2: it. But that's a smart play. It was a smart play. They got three downs then from there on in, and they could just milk the clock for the minute and a half, knowing that they were only going to give the Eagles one shot at it.
1: Yeah, tough call late too, because uh, I think they got another four downs in the final seconds. Hey, this also happened, and we're hoping we can do this at the NRL in 2023. Let's roll in some of the halftime show. There we go, Buttes. Halftime show at the Super Bowl. I've got one word for you. Or well, maybe it's two maybe words. Maybe it's two. I'm sure it is two words. Mind-blowing. Oh. Did, can you believe they had her suspended? In fact, they had all the dancers suspended yeah. on stages. It kind of, if you're up on level six, Rihanna is at eye level. It was unbelievable how good that halftime show was. As, Your thoughts? A,
2: as a spectacle, it doesn't get any better than what they were, managed to do there. Right, you know. She's a great artist, but to put her suspended in the air the way she was, like, my goodness. I don't know about the insurance premium, though.
1: And she's pregnant. Yes. So she announced that to the world. I think it was the first time she's performed in around seven years. Hey, we need to go to our first break. Uh, Great opening segment. So coming up in a few moments, Melissa Robertson. Remember, she went to WA for Delirious West She's come home with the bacon. We'll, Unbelievable. Find out, we'll find out more in a few moments' time. As we said, big day fairly around about 10 o'clock. There's a lot of great cricket news locally and internationally involving Central Coast players. Gary Birkinshaw will join us after 10 o'clock this morning as well. It's Saturdays on the coast, all thanks to Robson Civil Projects celebrating their 60th anniversary and also Whitey's right Price tyres on SEN.
0: Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
1: Yeah, welcome back live uh, to Terrigal Surf Club on this beautiful Saturday morning. Tops in the low 30s today, so as Michael said, slip, slop, slap, and if you're playing sport later on today, make sure you continue to hydrate. And a lot of sports are actually taking time out through the day when it's going to be at its, uh, at its hottest, the temperature. We're still watching Terrigal Surf Club. They're doing these ski races now, Buttes, to the left of us, so they're definitely doing team selections this morning before the New South Wales Championships. On our first show of 2023, we had three ultra marathon runners join us. So one of them joins us on the line right now. She is back, and she is triumphant. Ladies and gentlemen, Melissa Robertson. Good morning. Hello there. Hey, welcome back. And uh, congratulations. Tell us what unfolded at Delirious West in WA.
4: Oh, it was actually pretty wild. I got a bit crook on the first day. And um, I actually had a bit of a puke. And then I kind of just gave up and lay down on the track and slept till dawn. Felt better the next day. And, yeah, powered on through to win the race.
2: Wow, Melissa, that's phenomenal to think you went through that uh, hardship but still had the ability to to come on out on top. How long were you sleeping for and and what impact or what difference would that have made uh, to your overall time if you, you know, I'm sure you planned differently. You didn't certainly uh, plan for the fact that you were going to vomit and then uh, have a sleep for a few hours. Uh, Yeah, so I ended up
4: sleeping for probably about two hours that first night just because I was feeling so crooked. But interestingly, I actually ran Delirious West a faster time than I have previously by, wow. like, three hours. Or no, it was actually more. It was, like, five hours faster. So wow, that is it, it phenomenal. kind of, I guess, it pairs out. It's, it's really weird. But, yeah, for me, the race went well. But TK and Firthi, the other two, uh, TK pulled out with a suspected broken toe. <laughs> and Bertie uh, actually managed to finish. She just came in, like, a day oh. later than me.
2: so so, sorry just uh, i do want to i'm not sure it's in any manual about uh peak physical performance is to vomit and then sleep for two hours i'm not sure what manual that's in but it seems to be effective and you might be rewriting whatever uh,
4: works correct exactly right so long that you can kind of have a bit of time out pull your world back together and then you just power on through the
1: yeah, you must just be delighted that you've gone over there and you've, you've gone faster than you've ever gone before. And my intel is that you've won the trifecta now. So you've got the big three. Can yeah. you tell our audience about that?
4: Yeah, so there was, they actually have the um, uh, Triple Crown, which is three 200-milers in a 12-month period. So I did Irrational South down South Australia, won that one, won it outright. Then I did Unreasonable east uh, up the Blue Mountains, and I won that one, and now I've won Delirious West.
1: Wow. Is this the pinnacle of your ultra marathon career?
4: Uh, yeah, it probably would be, I'd say. Yeah, I, I've got... I have one more big race I got invited to, thanks to, like, this Triple Crown, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm heading mm-hmm. over to the States in a month's time.
2: Melissa, can you explain, you know, your overall time and... You know what the conditions were like and you know how you handled that whole situation uh and i guess the other thing is you know what was it like coming into the finish line with you know knowing where you had positioned yourself and the sort of time that you were on uh
4: so the race took me 73 hours and nine minutes which sounds like a long time but that was actually pretty yeah, fast it, um, it is a long time and, Yeah. And during the race, I actually, I dropped all the way back to, like, sixth place. I don't know what I was overall, but I thought it was gone. And then I started to pick up on all the runners, and I actually moved into first place without realizing I was in first place. And wow. so I was sitting in this aid station having bacon and eggs for breakfast, and this other <laughs> runner comes in, and she's, like, really quick, she's in, and she's like, oh, my, you know, checking straight out. And I was like, oh, I think I need to check my placing. realized I was in first place, so I, I just took off and ran it down on the beach. But um, the race itself, super hot the first day, and then because you hit the southern ocean, it's a bit cooler after that. Yep. But lots of sand dunes It's snakes.
2: Yeah. Melissa, can I ask you a question? What sort of time are you averaging per kilometre? What sort of tempo are you running at over uh, that entire period?
4: I don't know. It varies. Some of it's like the fastest I'll do is five-something-minute Ks, and yep. other times I'll be doing like... Fifteen minutes a kilometre because I'm just, I'm tired. I'm in a sand dune. I'm a bit sick of all this sand dune, and I yeah, just haven't got the Yeah, so it, it it totally varies.
1: Hey Butes, oh, can I just I, share tell with you one
4: interesting story? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, you go ahead, Melissa.
4: So I don't know if this was heard much over here, but in WA there was a ship that or a boat that sank off the coast. It was a little bit stuff. Anyway, during the race. All these packets of cocaine washed up on the beach. Oh, hello.
5: <laughs> so it was telling
4: really hot. Anyway, they got handed in to the police. But the runners, of course, they're running along, going these are weird little silver like kilo blocks. And um, yeah, that was that was quite exciting. So I don't know if a few people got a bit of an extra kick. But was that the you know, was, that,
2: was that the prize money?
4: Was that the prize money? No, no, no. <laughs> everyone's, like got it, that they did collect more of them. But you don't know, the police took all that.
1: But it was a bit exciting. I just want to say, Buttes, a lot of people around the Shelly Beach, Batto Bay, Toowoom Bay, Blue Bay area, uh, Foresters Beach, they would know Melissa, and she's an absolute machine. You Hmm. see her running all the time. Sometimes in the middle of winter, you'll see like a miner's light coming towards you, like a, you know at 6 a.m. in the morning, or 5.30, and it's Melissa. And she's out for an early run. And yeah, she's a high achiever in every aspect of her life. Melissa, you said about the US, what's the race over there?
4: Uh, It's actually called Barclay Marathon, and it's um, this race which is completely insane. It consists of five laps, and you've got to find books with specific pages and navigate through like this state forest. And there's only 40 runners get into it, and it's like the whole secret entry process but basically, it's like next-level insane racing for ultra runners.
1: Yeah, well, bring it on. That's what I say. And what about Mark Firth? So he's been on our show numerous times and just a fantastic guy. And you mentioned about TK. It's, it's sad that he had an injury that, you know, restricted him. And, but Mark Firth, fantastic effort by him.
4: Yeah, he powered all the way through. Um, I will say it was largely thanks to his wife who told him that they'd come all this way and he was not allowed to pull out. And he had to keep going. Um, so so good on her. She was busy with a friend at the winery, you know, enjoying their time <laughs> over there. But um, but he, he did great. Like he was taking photos and messaging the whole way. He had a lot of snake encounters. He saw more than I did. But um, yeah, he he just powered through and he managed to get it done.
1: And. I'm not sure if you've got the numbers in front of you, but also this week. So there was a race in New Zealand and there were numerous Central Coast athletes that went to that. But in Taiwan...
4: Yeah, uh, there's
1: a There's a lady that uh, is in the Terrigal Trotters and I can't say her last name, I can't pronounce it, but her name is Jo Asher. And she has broken yes. virtually every record in the book. Can you pick up the story?
4: Oh, yeah. So Jo Asher, I also cannot pronounce her last name to save myself. Um... She's uh, she just broke the world record for 48 hours. So how far you can run in 48 hours? Um, and she also has she has various Scottish rest uh, uh, like results as well. Like she has all these sorts of records. She's she's a very accomplished runner. Also a Commonwealth Games marathon runner.
2: What sort of uh, what sort of distance are we talking about in these 48 the, hours, th- this 48 hours? This will blow your
1: mind. Oh. Uh, yes. I know. I'm pretty sure was
4: 410 kilometres. Was it 410?
2: Is it 410, Steve? Uh, I think I'm um, just googling that really mm.
1: quickly. I think it's like 422 kilometres
2: in 48 hours. That. Yeah,
1: it
4: was. That is yeah, absolutely
2: wild. ridiculous.
1: And so, that's so that
4: you, like you know, you're talking non-stop uh, running.
1: Hold it. you you're, you're exactly right, Melissa. 411.458 yeah. kilometres
2: in 48 hours. Yeah. So we're talking about yeah. nine kilometres an hour.
1: So the previous record was 403, and yes. she's done this. So I think that in woman all
4: actually came second in that race. The one that was the yeah, previous wow. board
2: record holder. So nine kilometres an hour. You're probably running at about six minutes, six minutes twenty or something along that, those lines to be achieving. That's right. Which, you, but you're doing it for 48 hours. Like that is the ridiculous part of it. Like this is yeah, absolutely yeah. So that phenomenal. And like
4: if stopping for eating or toilet breaks or just to sit down, like. You have to make yeah. up that time. That's in the
2: 48 hours. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and Mel, Melissa, just on, uh, you know, your other competitors, what was the, you know, you finished in 73 hours. What were some mm-hmm. of the other times, you know, for those that were finishing at the back end of the race? And, again, this is... A
4: uh, hundred hours. It, it,
2: oh, really? Wow. That is phenomenal that people are still... And, you know what, that's a, a level of their commitment, their dedication... Uh, and, you know.
1: And can I just give you a few more numbers on Joe Asher, guys? So she put a post up earlier this week, and she said in her run she managed to surpass the Scottish male record, then the British female record, then the British male record, and finally, as Melissa said, the female world record. And she said, never in my wildest dreams could I have imagined anything of the sort, and let's not forget, it's her first crack at this kind of event. So, Joe Asher, there should be a statue of her down at Terrigal, Melissa.
4: Oh, yeah, she's, she's wild. I cannot do what she does. Like, that mm. level of just constant running and also kind of around in circles. No, no, she's, she's like next-level crazy. <laughs>
2: What I do know, Melissa, is and my sources have indicated to me that she also vomited and slept for <laughs> two hours just prior to the event. So it obviously clearly is a great uh, technique or method that can be used for all, all ultra marathon runners.
1: Yeah, and on that note, uh, hey, Melissa, you know, we're giving you a standing ovation. Yeah, fantastic. Right. Great Live effort, Melissa. Live Terrigal Surplus Saving Club. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on the show again, and we'll talk soon.
4: Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah.
1: Melissa Robertson, who wins the Triple Crown by taking out Delirious West in WA. We're off to the news, back in a few moments' time. Don't forget, Dave Fairley will talk World Club Challenge, which is on tonight. Because of COVID, Buttes, it's the only one that's evaded the all-conquering Penrith Panthers. They'll take on Mm. St. Helens tonight. A lot of cricket to talk about, rugby league trials as well. Saturdays on the coast on SEN.
0: Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
1: Welcome to the weekend. I hope you're having a great time and uh, gorgeous weather down here at Terrigal. We're broadcasting from the balcony. Hey, don't forget if you've got some kind of event, maybe a celebration of some sort, maybe a corporate function, buttes. This is the place you'd want to hold it.
2: What better place to hold it? My goodness. This is seriously the best location in Terrigal. And it's so underutilized, it's ridiculous. I know they have their Sunday sips here. And like most surf, surf clubs in New South Wales, they're just underutilized, Steve. Yeah. I mean, when you look at what happens up in Brisbane, uh, up in Queensland, and their surf clubs are like our RSL clubs, like our leagues clubs. They're just, uh, you know a money pit to be honest with you they just keep rolling in it but and that's probably why they're so strong up there but uh this is without doubt um one of the best function rooms that one of the greatest views you'll see here in terrigal and uh yeah what better place to celebrate a, a wedding anniversary a who knows a birthday celebration you name it come along why not
1: yeah thanks to the surf club hey Butte uh trial footy last night in gosford Uh, Your old team, the Parramatta Reels, 36-14 over the Newcastle Knights. Did you catch much of that game? And I saw a lot of the second game. The Sea Eagles, they were creaming the Roosters. Little comeback by the Chooks late in the match, but Manly, 28-16 under Anthony Seabolt.
2: I watched this morning the highlights, and uh, I've got to say the Eels were impressive, and probably more importantly for Eels fans, and he's been uh, in the media a, a lot over the last couple of weeks. Mitchell Moses. I thought, from what I saw, he was outstanding. He troubled the defence. He was running with the ball, um, and, and you know, creating line breaks, etc. Yeah, he's um, he's been under a lot of scrutiny over the last couple of weeks with his uh, deal with the West Tigers, or whether we will stay with the Eels. Um, yeah, it's a really tough position to be in, isn't it? Whether hey. you take 6.5 million or 4.4 million, no, you know, I'm sure he doesn't sleep at night. But, yeah. um,
1: hey, hey, Butes, you as a former player who played almost 300 games, yep. how do you feel, like, what are you looking for in that last hit out? So we're, we're 12 days away from blast off yep. in 2023.
2: Uh, look, I, I think you just want to get the cobbles out. Every, every player is, you know, worked extremely hard during the off season. Um, they want to get their hands on the ball. they want to get a couple of tackles behind them they don 't need you know what it 's not about the uh, the physical um, conditioning they need. This is just that game conditioning that you will build into over the next three or four uh, games of the season. but these guys you know they 've done all the work already they 're as fit as they 're ever going to be that 's not an issue it 's just about you know absorbing the impact and getting used to that stuff and um, you know, and and you know, building combinations. If there are new combinations, working on those things. You've done a lot of work during the off season, just trying to put it into play in a game situation. Uh, you know what? We kick off in two weeks' time. That's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to the Penrith versus St Helens game tonight. I don't know. We're going to talk to fairly about it. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, there's. It's exciting times ahead. You know, I'm really looking forward to this rugby league season. Their um,
1: Left Edge looked good last night and a hat trick of tries to Reuben Garrick for the yeah. Manly Sea Eagles. Hope it's a tough start to the year for Manly. So the Bulldogs will head to the Northern Beaches in round 1. Then Manly have got Parra followed by South Sydney.
2: You know what, I don't think there's too many sides with easy runs to be honest with you. Like you know this competition and it's probably been proven uh, in years gone by, but you know, I, I guess in recent years we've probably seen a big gap between the top four teams and then everybody else behind that. But you know, teams will get closer. I, I think with the movement in the uh, the player market over the off season, the Bulldogs will certainly be a much improved side to who they were last year. Uh, the Warriors, I think they had a great win last week against the West Tigers. I think the Tigers on the, are on the way up, and I think they've got some work to do. The Tigers. I don't know whether they'll be top eight contenders. Uh, I don't believe they will be, but I think they'll be on the way up with, the, you know, Sheenzy and uh, Benji and Robbie Farah there. So there's, you know, there's a lot of teams that are going upwards, uh, which is a real positive. And, you know, I look at that, uh, you know, whether that's got to do with the salary cap, whatever it is, but, you know, the distribution of plays is becoming widespread.
1: As well as tonight, I'm looking forward to the Bulldogs versus Sharks tomorrow. So Bulldogs winners against the Raiders last week. Some of their big guns played for about 40 minutes. Reed Marnie, outstanding. Viliami Kikau was rested last week. He'll roll back in tomorrow yep. for a hit-out uh, when they take on the Sharks. So th- that'll be a good one. And really looking forward to going to Penrith tonight and seeing the Premiers in action. They've got a couple of outs. Their are full-backs out. So
2: Dylan Edwards, yes. He's got a little niggle, which th- sees th- he missed the the game, but you know what? I think again,
1: Liam Martin's gone as well.
2: Shoulder injury, yes. He's, uh, but you know what? They've got enough talented players that their depth is phenomenal. And you know, you bear in mind, they won all three grades last year, so it's not an issue that one player is out, someone will step up to the plate. I think they've got 11 of their uh, grand finals playing. St. Ellen's actually have all their grand finals, and in fact, they've added two other players to their squad who actually add to their team. So They're well positioned as well, St. Helens.
1: Have they won four in a row in the Super League?
2: I think they have. Just, uh, you know, Christian wolf has been there. Um, So he's left there. And, you know, we know what Ivan Cleary has done with this Penrith, not only this Penrith side, but this Penrith club um, and what they've been able to, to build over the last couple of years, the culture there. Look, for me, I look at the Panthers and I think that they're, you know, so I spoke to someone last night, they said, "Oh, you know, are they hungry enough?" The biggest challenge for the Panthers this year is to repeat history from 40 years ago. 81, '82, '83. All right? 21, 22, 23. That is the ultimate goal. That puts you in this top echelon of teams that have played our game of rugby league. Right? That, for me, is worth pursuing. And I know that they will have that hunger and drive. There's no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, well said, Butes. Hey, uh, don't forget, later in the show, we've got Buttes' top 3 Mm-hmm. And we'll also have Burko's top three. Cause, oh. Because you're, you're away for the next month.
2: Oh, yeah, I oh, am, yeah, mate. I'm, I'm sorry, but I've got so much on with AUSTAG. It's ridiculous. Over the next six weeks, I've got that many events on and, and tournaments. It's ridiculous. But
1: Yeah, so um, we want to get Burko warmed up. So oh. your top three, Burko's top three, yep. and Steve-O's Sports
2: Person of the Week. Yeah.
1: Hey, we've got a young lady waiting patiently on hold. We're going to come to her right after the break. Big basketball tournament, Buttes, happening just down the road. The Academy Games. Beautiful. The Academy Basketball Competition is on at Terrigal Basketball Stadium. Tara Angel coming up next on Saturdays on the Coast.
0: Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
1: Yeah, welcome back live at Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club. Small wave rolling through, probably around about just one foot. And this training session, this trial session continues for Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club. So we've been watching them on boards, skis, now another swimming race. Hoping that Paul Amon, the Masters legend, will join us live on the air very shortly. But right now, let's go straight down to Terrigal Basketball Stadium. Tara Angel is there. Tara, good morning. Welcome to our show.
6: Good morning. Hello.
1: How's the morning going? So it's, is it the academy competition?
6: It's some academy. So we have five academies that have come from northern region of New South Wales. So we've got northern inland, north coast, Hunter, Central Coast, and South West Sydney. So all the academies were invited, but only some have chosen just to come up with various competitions, possibly crashing. Um, and it's a two-day camp. So, so lots to do so, with the two-day camp.
2: So this is a, like a mini academy games, Tara, and uh, teams, yes. obviously, it's a training camp slash um, competition.
6: Yes, training camp slash competition. We've got two days worth. So day one, we have some basketball skills led by Basketball New South Wales. We have, mm-hmm. including in that, an education session, which Basketball New South Wales are leading, and Andrew Canning is an NBL One ref, and he's taking everyone through, so boys and girls, taking them through some repping skills and education, um, which is like game situations from a ref point, ref point of view.
1: Hey, hey, Tara, what age groups are there And how does kind of the format work today and tomorrow?
6: We've got 14s and 16s with a couple of 12-year-olds floating around from our development squad. Um, They will do all the education today. They've got some skills on court sessions, some lunch breaks, rest, because as you know, it is very hot out there today. And day two, they have more of a mini comp. So in prep for the academy games, which are in April. So just a bit of gameplay. We wanted them to get, want to get them to verse each other. We will do a all-stars game at the end of today. So we're going to select a couple of athletes. They're going to play against each other, have a bit of a game, a bit of a run around. Um, and yeah, get some good sleep tonight and come back in tomorrow
2: speaking of sleeping tara is it uh, something that the parents come along and stay as a family or is it just the kids coming along and they're sort of uh i don't know in some sort of dorm style accommodation how does that all work um you know for the kids
6: yeah it has varied by academy so some academies further away have come up and they did come up friday night and are staying on the coast for the friday and Saturday, which is just the the majority um Another academy have had their parents come as well and are staying here if they want to or driving home. Um, I know our hunter-athletes from Newcastle, they are driving home tonight, and Central Coast, they do stay here, obviously. They're around the corner. Um, But, yeah, parents are involved. They can watch if you have gone home today or gone elsewhere on the coast. Otherwise, they all pretty much will be around tomorrow to watch the games go ahead.
1: Hey, Tara, by the way... Did you catch any of the Cairns Taipans and the Sydney Kings? Fiery encounter last night, and the Kings went down 93-82. I think their yes. coach, might, <laughs> coach <laughs> might have been ejected. Can you, can you pick up the story for our listeners?
6: No, I wish I could, but I, don't, I didn't actually catch that. To be honest, I was watching the um, football, the trial games last night.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Who's no. your team?
6: Oh, I don't know. Considering
2: you said they don't think they'll make the top eight, I am a West Tigers fan. I'm not a great judge, though. They'll come ninth. They'll come ninth. Yeah, They'll be there or thereabouts. Perennial ninth uh, places all the time, the Tigers.
1: Hey, Tara, thanks for the update. Great to talk to you. Uh, I've I've heard Big Daddy, uh, Moose Rebilliard is back in town after his trip to the USA, and uh, I'm sure he will have come back with enormous wisdom because he actually went to some of the big colleges in in the U.S. So he'll share all of that with all of you guys. Um, And uh, thanks again for joining us on Saturdays on the Coast.
6: Great. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Tara Angel. So some of the Academy teams are on the Coast this weekend. Uh, That was an option for us to broadcast live from there. Uh, We've got numerous venues on the coast so we'll be off to the sailing club soon Mm. Uh, we'll also be heading to erina ice arena they're keen for us to come back
2: they want us back there yeah they want us back there It's you know what steve it's it's so good to be able to do this and get out in the local community and and and, you know tell our story about what happens throughout the week in sport and whatever else and you know the engagement from the listeners and, and what have you but um there's so much going on and i love that academy you know you think about where it started What is it now? I don't know, Fifteen, twenty 15, 20 years ago with Moose?
1: I think I may have been at the very first event. And uh, I think um, there's been a lot of support from the business community, from from government levels as well. And uh, Ian Rebilli at OAM has done a superb job.
2: But what it's done for athletes, not only here on the coast, but this academy program has been replicated in other regional areas. It is absolutely phenomenal and it's taken you know sport is so important here in australia but you know to give these kids that opportunity is absolutely phenomenal and uh you know here's a little mini games you know they're talking about the academy games in april now we know how big that is and what that means to those kids on uh, you know competing at that uh in, in that tournament it, it's just a fantastic concept and uh you know moose is you know, should be, you know, very proud of what he's managed to achieve.
1: There's another guy involved who's a genius, and that's Mark Holton. Yes, who, Who's been course. involved since day one. Yeah, yeah. Future, a couple more minutes left in this segment. Uh, the Aussies up against India. So I think I told you, over the summer, I know we won emphatically against numerous teams, the West Indies and also South Africa, but we've got a real test match on our hands, and this is the second test. I said to you before we came on the air, thank God for Usman Kawaja. Yeah. 81 off 125, 12 fours and a six. Down the order, well, I think uh, Peter Hanskin.
2: Yeah, he was 70-odd.
1: 72. Yeah. And then the skipper wagging the tail, 33 for Pat Cummins off 59. And even Nathan Lyon, nuisance value with 10. And the debutant, Matthew Kuhneman from Queensland, one of my best friends from Queensland, unfortunately passed away. But... Uh, he 's certainly got to be a relation to Grant kuhneman. It is uh, Matthew Kuhneman was outstanding last night
2: i 've got to say mate it 's no coincidence that australia haven 't won over there since two thousand and four, right It gives you an indication of how hard it is to win over there. They lost that first that first test by an innings and a hundred odd runs like and I watched the second innings of the Australian uh, batting. It was disgraceful, <laughs> right seriously it was paint a picture well uh, uh, there was no resilience there was nothing they didn't put any fight up at all in within 25 overs the game is over like you know what you've got to show a little bit more backbone right Uh, and we expect that from our Australian side that was the disappointing part for me uh,
1: I've listened to a lot of radio over the last couple of days why in the world is Travis head and these are from some of the legends of the game
2: you don't need to be a legend and, of the game to realise Travis Head should be in that side. And
1: then you mess with his head because he comes back in for game two.
2: Correct. What What does that tell you as a player? Yeah. You've just scored 100, averaged 100 throughout the summer season. Mate, we're going to rest you or we're not going to select you this game. Are you kidding me? What more? You, you've got to be selected on your performance. That guy's performance has been unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and Steve Smith goes for a duck. So you're behind the eight ball. We did well. We did extremely well to make 263, the Indians none for 21. Dave Fairley coming up just after 10. Also joining us, Gary Birkinshaw. There's a lot of cricket going on. Four locals yep. have made the over 40 Australian team. They'll play the first international matches in history against the Kiwis in the coming week. We'll find out more in our second hour, as well as Butters' top three, Steve-O's Sports Person of the Week. This is Saturdays on the Coast. Live from Terrigal on SEN.
0: Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track.
1: Yeah, good morning. Welcome back. We're live from Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club on this beautiful, sunny Saturday. Steve Allen and former NRL star Michael Butner, who played for New South Wales and also Australia, played for the Parramatta Reels on numerous occasions, the West Tigers... The Northern Eagles, and uh, almost Warriors. almost three hundred games. You can't forget the North Sydney Bears, and one of your former teammates is on the line. He spent time at Penrith, but he's a club legend at St Helens. Dave Fairley, good morning, mate. Welcome back to the show. Good morning, fellow. Dave, uh, what a game tonight! I'm really looking forward to this, and I'm, I'm fortunate as well that I'll be in Penrith for this game. And it's your old team, St. Helens, who I believe you've caught up with while they've been on the Northern Beaches up against the mighty Penrith Panthers, the premiers, the back-to-back premiers of the NRL.
3: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're up against it. I mean, we all know what the type, type of football team Penrith are. And, um, yeah, I went out and watched St. Helens train against North Sydney during the week and, and caught up with their coach, Paul Wellens, who I used to play with. And, um, you know, he was asking a little bit about Penrith and, you know... Uh-huh the main thing i said is you don't beat yourself Just because penrith are just Fenris, they're just brutal they just i'll just keep applying a pressure applying pressure and then eventually sides just yeah you know, come up with errors and then they capitulate and then you know nine times out of ten they beat themselves so um yeah they make no mistake they're here to win um, they want it they're keen. they're hungry they're a very very successful club who love winning trophies and know how to play in the big games so
2: it's going, to be, it's going to be a, a great game of footy. Uh, Daisy, uh, good to have you back, mate. And, mate, did they roll out the red carpet for you down at Manly when, uh-huh. they, you know, you meet at St. Helens? <laughs> I know you're only there for one season, mate, but, you know, phenomenal that you were selected in that team of the century and obviously, you know, you left a uh, clearly a, a mark on that club. Well, um, well,
1: it must have been just an unbelievable yeah. season for Dave and we spoke about it earlier, Dave. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up, Buttes, because... It must be something that you're so enormously proud of.
3: Mate, I am very proud of it. Um, yeah, I had a wonderful time over there. And, um, you yeah, know, look, I played well. It was a very good football team. Um, yeah, so very honoured considering um, the club's been around a long time. So they made a deal and, and you know, I spoke to the team and um, and it was great to see some of the kids there, like James Raby. I remember meeting James when he was about 16. He's about 36. Um, but yeah, they're, they're ready to go. They're, they're, they're trained well, they're, they've tried okay against the, uh, the Dragons last week, albeit there's you know, a lot of 1st grade players missing, but um, I think the stakes will go up a lot tonight, but I think ultimately tennis are going to be pretty strong for them.
2: I was going to ask you about James Roby because he's played over 500 uh, Super League games, which is uh, you know a phenomenal career. I think he's 37 or 38 years of age. And I wasn't sure whether you yeah. actually played with him, Daisy, or not. But the fact that you met him as a 16-year-old, they've got a, um, they've got a strong lineup here. And what are you expecting from their side, mate? What sort of style of play will they uh, come out with? Because it's obviously one of those, um, you know, coming up against any side like Pendleton. We know what they can do. And, and you know, we saw that in the yeah. grand final in particular last year. It was phenomenal. So the challenge is well and truly on the St. Helens side.
3: Yeah, the challenge is to try and get their game on and, and the, the difficulty with that is the way Peppers defend and um, you know, the, the, the line speed, and the time and space that St Helens are going to have to execute is going to be a lot, lot less than what they're normally used to. So, you know, if they can execute under pressure um, and play their game, so I do know they like to attack from all parts of the field. Um, you know, things can come off of them, they get a little bit of luck, you know, who knows what can happen.
2: It's an interesting lineup, uh, the Panthers. Uh, Eleven of their players from last year's grand final uh, will play tonight. Dylan Edwards out. We've got uh, the back rower, Steve what's his name again? Liam Le- 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 Martin. Martin. Yeah, of course, he's out. And As then, you know,
1: Buttes, that uh, Stephen Crichton goes to fullback. Fullback, yeah. And that gives them a whole different dimension, doesn't
2: it? They don't lose anything there, there's no doubt about that. But, you know, Dylan Edwards, outstanding fullback and probably unlucky not to go away in, for the World Cup. Uh, at the back end of the year, Epic Corryell's gone to the West Tigers and named captain, which is fantastic. And William and out so it's a different lineup. But Daisy, when you look at what the club managed to achieve last year by winning all three yeah. grades, it's just a case of yeah. you know next player in. That's the way it rolls. Yeah, I
3: think they have got a bit of that mentality. Um, you know, the, the lineup that they they got a few players missing you know, with out and, and Kenny and um, not not Kenny Liam um, Martin. Horace Albert. but they have got players to just step up, so three players don't make a team and um, whoever in those shoes tonight will build the job. Hey Dave,
1: uh, one player that I love seeing his name back on the list because he was at the Bulldogs but he's a Central Coast boy, the son of a gun, Jack Cogger coming off the bench for the Panthers.
6: Yeah,
3: um, I was talking to Ivan earlier in the year and then decided to give him a go and I mean, this is what this is what um, the pre-season's for—is to reward guys that have had a really good um, pre-season in their training, and um, you know, you get to a different club and a new lease of life, and hopefully, he has a, a decent season because he's got some ability.
2: Dave, I want to touch on what you're doing with the NRL now. I think you've uh, changed roles. Can you sort of fill us in on, on what that entails?
3: Huh. Yeah, well, I'm still i still deal with. Um, coaches so I'm, I'm sort of the main point of contact for all of the nrl coaches who have got any concerns um coming out of a game um i'm doing that now mate i've stepped into the uh bunker, bunker supervisors role so uh, uh got a whole new level of pressure so uh a few games now so so far so good
2: mate you wouldn't get many calls on a monday anyway from coaches i can't imagine it'd be pretty quiet your phone wouldn't it
3: <laughs> uh, uh, Tuesdays Tuesdays are a nightmare Oh my god Yeah
2: yeah. yeah. After the review process Time and time again
3: Hey uh, Dave Speaking of son of a
1: gun um, Your young Young fella He's in the nation's capital Mate And uh, That is just incredible Congratulations to him
3: Yeah He's 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 done it the hard way Max He's, He's had a lot of injuries And a lot of personal setbacks And He's still chipping in there So Um yeah, 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 the club have been fantastic and he's done really well. Who's impressed you so far in the trials, Dave? Um, I think Manly uh, again um, last night. I think they're playing some nice football. Uh, I think this week, this game, this week, he's got a few more first graders in NRL players going to play large chunks of the game. Um, so you get a little bit more to see uh, what, they, what, they get, what the teams can do. But based on last time, we haven't. A few more first graders in the team. You could see that the intensity of the games were slightly higher the week before. So um, Manly's been good. I've been to a couple of their scrimmages. Um, yeah, no one's lost a game yet so far. Everyone's really happy with themselves. And, you know, yeah.
1: just there we go. Gee, I, I love Jake Trebojevic last night. Not sure if you saw it, but he's walking off. He's chatting to uh, he's chatting to Fox Sports at halftime. Uh, Lara Pitt, I think it was. And he said, "He said, hey, I've got no idea whether I'm going back on, but I hope I am. Um, would that have been your philosophy in the final hit-out, Dave? Like, just to get a couple of Ks under your belt, ready for blast-off in two weeks?
3: Oh, yeah. I always I always had to play trial. Um, I know people were getting sort of less and less wanting to play trials, but, you know, I was always really keen to play sort of... Um, Definitely a full game, um, however that panned out. Um, but it was always I, I just important to get your timing and the little things right and, and just get those knocks and match fitness sort of under your belt. There's nothing in there. I think they're important. I'll
2: I, I tell you what, mate, the, and you touched on Manly, but Garrick, uh, Ruben Garrick was outstanding last night, Hattrick. Um, yeah. And I've I got to say, yeah. I, I only saw the highlights, but the little uh, dummy half, Tong, was Outstanding yeah. for Manly last night. Gee, he got out and created so many options from around that uh, ruck area uh, and their fullback weeks. K-O, um, yep. yeah, you Yeah, know, he was all over the shop, you know, linking up and what have you. So that's uh, some really positive signs there for the, the Manly Seagulls, i got to say.
3: Yeah, they're using the footy. Uh, they've got Schuster in there at 580. He's a big guy. Um, the forwards are going well. They're, you know, really... Like, muscling up in the middle and playing some good footy on the back of it. Haven't... There, Cherry Evans never played. Um, obviously, Turbo's got to come back into the team. So, he yep. it seems it looks to be a little different feel about the team. So, we'll just wait and see.
1: And Cooper Johns was impressive as well. Mm-hmm. Young man getting a crack.
3: Mm, he had a good game. He played well. Set up a couple of tries. Um, kicked well. Yeah, did well. Hey.
1: Dave, we've uh, taken up enough of your precious time on this Saturday morning, mate. Thanks for joining us again and look forward to chatting to you more in 2023.
3: Uh, always a pleasure, guys.
2: And enjoy your Tuesdays, mate.
1: <laughs> I reckon, see you, <laughs> buddy. The great Dave Fairley joining us and, of course, uh, well, what a season he must have had at St. Helens to be part of that, I mean, to be part of that team of the century and... St. Helens, four-time Premiers. I think they've won four in a row.
2: Yes, they have. They have, and uh, this is their eighth time at the World Club Challenge.
1: And They have won it, too. They knocked off the Brisbane Broncos when Brisbane were in the Halcyon days.
2: But this would be probably their greatest challenge, I would suspect, taking on this Premier side who, you know, we've seen what they've been able to do over the last two seasons in terms of winning Premiership, three seasons in terms of their dominance and what they've been able to do as a club. Just phenomenal.
1: Yeah. Uh, off to our first break of this second hour. Gary the guru Birkenshaw has joined us. Oh, he's in the we'll, house. We'll talk some cricket in a moment. In fact, right after the break we might do Bute's top three and then we might roll into Burko's top three because Burko's in for the next month. So I wanna see he's what off the we the bench. I wanna see what we come up with. Oh. Yeah, he's, whether it
2: differs. He's the super sub. Yes, yeah, well and truly. So in fact, he's better than the original.
1: <laughs> then we'll talk some cricket because there's so much happening locally, including the four, four men who will create history from the Central Coast, playing in the Trans-Tasman in Christchurch next week. And they might even secure a spot for the World Championships, the inaugural mm. World Championships in Pakistan. Saturdays on the coast, thanks to our great sponsors, Robson Civil Projects, and Whitey's right price tyres on SEN.
0: Robson Civil, sixty years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
1: Surfplace Saving Club on this Saturday morning. A little onshore breeze blowing at the moment, and we 've got the guru in the house, Gary Birkinshaw, Michael Butner alongside me, former NRL star who played for New South Wales in Australia buttes just really quickly the clash of the Titans. So here's some numbers on Penrith between 2020 and 2022. Mm -hmm. Panthers have played 78, they've won 67. Winning percentage, 85.9, two premierships. Average points scored, 23.7. Points conceded, 12.7. St. Helens, between 2019 and 2022, they played 103, they've won 84. Winning percentage, 81.5, four premierships. Average points scored 27.7. Average points conceded 12.2. So they both concede two tries.
2: Mate, you know what? The thing for me, the big stat for me is that first one that you made about Penrith. Right, what was it? 87 games they've played? Se- 78. 78 games. They've won one. 67 of them. Yep. They've lost 11 games in two years. That is a club and a team that know how to play
7: what they need to do and do it consistently, but like that is just phenomenal work. Eh? Yeah, you're right there, but it's a question I, I need to ask. They like so no one's done it, No one's gone three premierships in a row for 40 years. Yes. So at some stage, there must be a falling away. Whether it's yeah, they've still got the personnel, but mentally, are you still up for it? Every every game you play from now on, starting tonight, is a grand final. Everyone comes to beat you.
2: I, I, I touched on it earlier with Steve, and I said this is this is their motivation for season 2023, to be the first team, right, and, and you know what, there's not many teams that have done a three-peat, mm. right, and you think about that parameter side from the 80s, it's still revered, right, it's something that the parameter supporters refer back to, and this Penrith side, if they can go with the three-peat, then they will be revered for, and they'll go down as one, and we talk about, you talk about different teams, you talk about the Beal's side, you talk about the Bulldogs in the 80s, you can refer to the the Raiders and the Broncos uh, in the 90s, right? You can talk about the Melbourne Storm during that Billy slater Cameron Smith era. Now we're going to be talking about in 10 years' time, this Penrith side, if they manage to do it. And and I don't see any reason why. So for me, I look at Nathan Cleary and, 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 you know, I like the way his brain works and and his mind ticks. That will be something that he will want to be, you know, want to achieve.
1: And it's like the the team I love, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, like the team from 84, 85, and then they win again in 88. Yes. And some of them some of them go all the way back to 1980 when they beat East, yeah, with the famous Steve Geer and Kick. Yes. So they become club immortals in the process, probably like the hat you're wearing, the Richmond Tigers. Hey, uh, let's do this. We've got a special intro, and let's roll it in. Here we go on this Saturday morning.
2: Butte's top three. I yeah. feel like it needs a little bit longer. I just feel like it. Yeah, it just seems to be way too quick. Okay, boys, I'm going to go through them. Okay, and it's in no, well, it is in a particular order, but it's not necessarily about performances, or it could be bad performances. My first one is this: the Australian cricket selectors. What a bunch of muppets! Seriously, Travis Head averaged 99 throughout the summer, but will rest you for day one of test, the first test match ever in India. My goodness, what were they thinking? Yeah, in, our wisdom, bring in... in our wisdom. No, no, not in our wisdom, no. You know what? You can only be as good as your last test match. You, you know, this guy averaged 100 in whatever it is. And he was, by far, for me, he was our most dangerous and effective batsman throughout the summer.
7: Burgo, tell me if I'm wrong. No, you're dead right. The thing with Travis Head, I reckon the whole thing was, is that after the Sri Lankan tour, I reckon they wrote in their book, Travis Head will not play in India. So irrespective of... They took no notice of what he did over Australia. Yep. Where he was... He wasn't batting like he was in Australia before he went to Sri Lanka, but he's just come out and been arguably... was the man of the summer, really, in relation to the cricket. And then they've gone and said, well, now look, remember back in Sri Lanka? Well, no, no. You, you pick no. him, and you pick him for test one. If he doesn't perform after a couple of tests, well, then you make the change. Correct. You give him the chance, surely. What yeah. does it do to the guy's confidence? Yeah.
1: Right, com- I'm asking you. What com- does it do? Confidence sky high after the Aussie summer.
2: Deflated. Gone. Yeah. And you know what? They expect him to come back and go, oh, mate, here you go. Test two, we're going to put you back in. Dig us out, hold out of the on. hole. Yeah, you're correct. Oh, hold on. You guys have just kicked me in the, you know what? And you want me to come back and perform the way I have in the past bloody like, summer? You're, right. you're our saviour. So, wow.
1: so Butte's top three. Number three is, is the
2: Australian cricket selectors. Not for good reasons.
1: A- absolute Muppets. Muppets. In inverted commas.
2: End a story. Number two. Number two, Mitchell Moses. I touched on it earlier. <laughs> My goodness, this guy, I don't know how he sleeps at night. I Actually, he probably sleeps on a really comfortable bed, yeah. which he's stacked full of cash. Yeah, silk sheets. Silk. Correct. <laughs> because at the moment, he's got this little dilemma. And I don't know which way you guys would go, and I'm happy to hear your responses, but he's got a five-year deal worth $6.5 million with the West Tigers. He's got a, four, a four-year deal with the uh, Parramatta Eels for about $4.4 million. Right, there's a $2.1 million difference and a year's difference on your contract. Where is he likely to win um, a premiership? Because ultimately, if that's what he wants, to, that's, if that's the final string on his bow, right, that he wants to achieve in the game, where's he going to do that? And is it going to make any difference if he does make a premiership? Sure, you know, it's something you can hang, your, and you've got that ring, that's, you know, you can't put a price on that, right? He's 28 years of age now. He ain't going to pick up $2.1 million, right, when he's 33. So it's a little dilemma for him. Which way does he go? And the West Tigers on the way up? Steve, I'm going to put it to you. Which way do you go? Mitchell Moses?
1: I I think uh, Gus Gould might come and swoop. Oh, the Bulldogs. Hello. There's another one. I saw a little bit of talk through the week that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe... Junior Pierce might be coming back to the NRL and Canterbury could be in the frame. So there's another spanner in the works. They could use an. I mean, I like the the seven we got. I think he's got great potential.
2: Who do you sign? Mitchell Moses, who, who do you sign with? West Tigers or Parramatta?
1: I would stay loyal, personally. But they could be one of the teams, like you mentioned about teams that can't sustain. The Roosters maybe are going through a transition period. Parramatta, they're starting to lose a couple of players as Correct. well, aren't
2: they? And Reid Marnie is one of their biggest losses. I will say that. That is a massive loss. Burko?
7: Yeah, well, after watching last night, I reckon Parramatta are playing in unders too, by the way. Their offer is unders. But the, the thing that the, uh, Moses has got to weigh up, I reckon, because I don't think they will keep... If he stays, I don't think Dylan Brown stays. Yep. So that then changes the whole dynamic in the half. So he, he stays at Parramatta. He hasn't got Dylan Brown alongside him. So who do they get... This, Who, who's he partnering You know with? what?
2: It's interesting. You know, it's, I spoke to Mark O'Neill, who's the football manager at Parramatta, last night, and he said that, you know, the actual offer that they're talking about in the paper, it's actually a little bit more uh, in relation to Mitchell Moses. But he also mentioned the fact that when you're one of those marquee players, there's sometimes you've got to take that little bit extra to be able to have the other players around you, right? So because you can't do it on your own. It's not like the NFL... Right where you are the go-to man and the quarterback is the, you know, he's the big money winner and, you know, he'll win you the games. That's not the case in energy. You need 12 other players, 16 other players around you to be able to fit and make that all work.
1: And and if someone takes too long to sign, if it gets dragged on too long, players will roll the dice and make their call. Yep. So that can really upset a footy club. I, I know the Bulldogs did that in 2004. So one player took too long yep. and the others... so.
2: He was he was good last night, though. Oh. So, so what are you doing? steve what are you doing? You're about loyalty. 6.5, 4.4, four years. Make the call. Here we go. Come on. <laughs> Mate, it's dead oh, oh,
3: oh,
2: oh. <laughs> Is this a yes or no question? <laughs> <laughs> it's a simple question. Tigers I, or Royals? I'm staying at Parramatta.
7: Righto. Parramatta. Who? Yeah, because Parramatta are closer to winning a premiership than where the Tigers well, are. Well, boys, but, I'm going I'm to be loyal.
1: But I'd... Uh, I'd be saying to them, like, uh, you know, show me the money. Jerry Maguire.
2: I think 1.1 is not bad. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be loyal to whoever whoever is paying me, and that's going to be the West Tigers. (laughs) See you later. I'm off to the Tigers. All right, who's number one? (laughs) Number one, Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. What a performance. Unbelievable. We touched on it earlier, Steve. The Super Bowl is, I don't know, it's as good as it gets in terms of you know a national sporting event, and you know they make it as big as anything we've ever seen before. And yeah. what, uh, what the, a game! It was phenomenal. Thirty-five all with two minutes to play. We touched on Burko, you know the player who took a knee one yard out. Like you know that is the ultimate sacrifice, because it's easy to take the glory. Easy to take the glory. Uh, and I know that you know last week it would have been LeBron James, and it's a, a mentioned to him, but yeah. you know it's last week. It's all gone. All right. On. Okay. Use, so,
1: so we've heard Buttes is top three. Outstanding Buttes. Well done. Thank you. The Aussie Selectors Muppets. (laughs) No, number two.
2: Mitchell Moses. Mitchell Moses.
1: And number one. With a tough decision. Number one, Kansas City. Okay, Burko's
7: top three. Right, a little bit different to to Buttes and a couple Mm -hmm. of them. First of all, what a big week it was for women in sport. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the payday has finally arrived for a lot of women. We had the WPL auction where Ash Gardner, $558,000 for effectively... Was it three weeks' work? Yeah, that is, you know what? I've got to say, I love that.
2: Yeah, I love that now cricket has become a genuine career choice for young females. Yeah. right? So with that type of money, this, I believe, will take cricket for, in terms of the women's sport to another level. Yeah. right. There should be plenty of young girls out there going, aspiring to be...
7: And Ash Garden. Yep. And then also the, the Women's Rugby League, you know, give it three or four years' time, full 20-round competition. So what, what it does for me is they've, they've actually taken the word professionalism, where they've thrown around, to actually made it professional now. You're actually going to get paid for what, for what you work. worth. Correct. So, and you
2: know what? When you talk about professionalism, right, if you want these girls to be full-time and commit to it, you actually need to subsidise them to a point where they can actually do that. That they're not trying to... You know, juggle a, a rugby league career and put on a product that they do on the weekends which is outstanding and you can compare it to the AFLW which is chalk and cheese for
7: mine. Yeah that's right, right. They're, all, they're being judged as professional sports people but doing a part time. Correct effect. and then you've got
2: to juggle your career and, and you know we had uh, Millie Boyle who couldn't go away mm-hmm. for the World Cup because she's had taken so much time off work now they can actually genuinely you know, and if it means 80 grand, 100 grand, 130 grand, whatever that is, what I do know is it's a minimum of 30 grand for these NRLW players.
1: Yeah, for right. for our listeners who don't watch a lot of cricket, tell them in a couple of sentences why Ash Gardner's worth that amount of money.
7: She's a three dimensional player, so she's, she can clear the boundary when she bats. And really, which is one of the few players that that can actually do that on a consistent basis. She can bowl off spin. She took five wickets in a in in a uh, T20 World Cup game just last week, and a really, really good fielder. But more importantly, with Ash Gardner, she is actually an ambassador for the sport. Mm. She spoke a mind on Australia Day um, about that. So she has got a are standing within the sport. So as promotable as you can you can get is Ash Gardner. So so that's why she's worth five hundred and fifty eight thousand. The second to equal second oh, highest nice. paid. Yeah. So. All right, we're we're running slightly late. Right. Let's get to number two. Second one was is it going to be an issue one is Peter Bowl. Oh. The announcement during the week. Now I'm not sure how we even get to that stage. I don't I don't know how it's all worked out, how or why or whatever, but so it's come out during the week that he's actually been, B sample was well didn't say it was negative, but no. it wasn't positive. So,
2: disgraceful. For mine, disgraceful that that first sample can come out, and he can be tarnished with that type and, of and reputation. You know what? When it came out in the first place, I thought there's no way
1: in the world this kit's dirty. No. Mm.
2: Like, so. And you know that's the Australian way we go. None of our athletes and yeah. Shane Warren took whatever they were, some sort of tablets of some. <laughs> his mum. <mom's laughs> his mum's tablets. Or whatever or they are. Correct, yeah. Right. Yeah. So we don't think any bad of our athletes right but i just find it hard to believe and yeah. I, I just it's, think it's tarnished his it's name.
1: surprising that there's not more lawsuits from the athlete yeah because yeah. look at the missed opportunities yeah you, you wonder if he's lost a couple of sponsors immediately or whether they've stood by him
7: okay well they reckon there's only been 12 b samples that have ever come back negative, negative? yeah 12 so so then you, well how did they get announced as a as a positive to start with and their lawyer apparently come out and said do not do not release the A sample. Do not come out and say that he's he tested positive because, no. because we, we highly doubt it is. You should never do that. They, you know what? Unless that's why they have two samples.
2: Yeah. Clearly, that's why they have two samples. So unless it's clear and obvious,
7: right? And both are positive, you can't do that stuff. And, and the drug that he allegedly took can only be injected. It can't be. can't be inhaled. Can't be. It had to be through an injection. Yeah. So, oh well. Anyway, all right, Burko, number one. I got to agree with Butch. Kansas City Chiefs. Can't argue with that. That was yeah. World champions they are. The world, champions, world champions, yes. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. They partied hard, played hard, but what a what a great game it was! It's a great spectacle. Yeah. Um, fantastic game of football, really. Yeah. Well, oh. well
1: done, boys. is so, top three, Burko's top three, and uh, like Mitchell Moses, where he should go, I'm on the fence. With <laughs> clearly. With
2: my <with,
7: laughs> oh, goodness, you're not signing anything. We just se- want a view.
2: <laughs>
1: Fifteen seconds of dead air. That's unheard
7: of. For six for six million bucks, <laughs> Steve, <laughs> we want you more than off the fence, mate. I tell you.
1: Uh, we're off to our next break. Uh, Uh, The news is coming up. Uh, Steve-O's Sportsperson of the Week also coming up very soon. Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
0: Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. We're going to go back out to Terrigal Life Saving
8: Club very, very shortly where we've got Steve Butes and... Gary Birkenshaw. they're going to talk about local cricket. There's plenty going on, of course, to talk about in cricket. And they alluded to the test series. We're into day two of the test series between Australia and India. And, of course, Australia all out for 263. India are none for 21 in reply. It's good to have your company on 801 Gosford. And, of course, through the SEN app, let's go back out to the boys now. Take it good away. Good save, Staples.
2: Good yeah, save, yeah. mate. Thank you, mate.
1: Well, uh, well, the conversation has continued after Buttes and Burko's top three, where they went head-to-head. So, boys, uh, let's uh, get to the highlight of the show, and that's Steve-O's Sportsperson of the Week. Yeah. Right, I think we've got the intro. Now, let's compare intros. Let's roll it in. Here we go.
0: Stevo's os Sportsperson of the Week. Yeah, what do you think, Buttes? Yeah, yeah,
2: not bad. Like again, they're both good. I just want a little bit more.
7: That's all. Yeah. Like a 10-second intro. Well, steve seem seemed to take go a bit longer, though, didn't it? Yeah, but, I think, yeah, yeah it probably was. point yeah. seven seconds
2: yeah, longer. Yeah, I
1: think so. Let's get Adam to roll yours in again. Let's roll in Butte's top
7: three. Here we go. Butte's top three. Yeah. Yeah, see how yours just finishes <laughs> off after Butte's top three <laughs> yeah. while steve just goes on well, and on and
1: on. Well, on. let's maybe hear steve again. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah.
0: Steve-O's, Sportsperson of the Week. <laughs> Stables has yeah. never worked harder <laughs> on the pedals back in the office. He's gone back, back,
1: back, oh, back. Like mine's got a bit of up-tempo bongo yeah, yeah. at huh? the start. So, steve Sports Sportsperson of the Week. Now, I love what Joe Asher did. I can't say her surname, but running 411 kilometres in Taiwan yeah. is off the charts. She broke every record in the book. But, Butes, I think steve Sports Person of the Week... Now the first one, of course, was Stephanie Carey a couple of weeks ago who won the Nobbies to Newcastle Swim. Yep. Defeated everyone in the entire field by about two minutes. But uh, I can't go past a young lady who joined us earlier this morning, Melissa Robertson, who's now won the trifecta. Delirious West, 200 miles in 73 hours through really rugged terrain. A A lot of soft sand running as well. So it's a really difficult event. And now she's won the trifecta. So three of the big ultra marathons. The triple crown. Yeah, she could be off to the US as well. So first place in Delirious West. So round of applause. Yeah, I'm with you. For Melissa Robertson. And I'm about to go rogue here. I'm about to do a junior sports star as well. Oh, hello. Now, so the inaugural junior sports star. Now this is uh, a couple of we missed last week. And, you know, I was at the Big Ocean Swim in Sydney. The, yes. The cold classic. and
2: Great performances from you and Sharon. Fantastic, Steve. Yeah, thank you,
1: mate. And around about 8,000 swimmers in total. And there was a young lady from the Central Coast who was in the under-12 division. The under-12s. She swam the one-kilometre event, stopped the clock in 14 minutes and 52 seconds, and she has finished second in the under-12s. Wow. 54th out of 863 girls and women in the event and 183rd out of 1791. So the inaugural junior sports person of the week, Stella O'Brien
2: in the one kilometer swim. Stella, well done. What an outstanding performance.
7: A stellar performance.
2: Ah there you go. What was uh how did that rate compare to your time, Steve?
1: Oh, well, I didn't do the 1K. No, I know. You, so, you did
2: the 2K. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. How correct. long did it take you?
1: Uh, it took 31 minutes.
2: Right. Yeah. Do, you, do you think you might have beaten Stella?
1: Oh, look, I don't want to compare. Uh, come on. <laughs> I just I, I know. And the other thing about Stella, I think she's 11 <laughs> swimming against 12-year-olds. Yeah. Amazing.
2: Uh, just curious whether you but would... Would you get close? Sharon Allen
1: does deserve a special mention. Yes. Here. She, uh, after some health issues, she's finished one minute off the podium. In her age group, and uh, just an outstanding swim, mighty
7: effort, very inspiring performance. That excellent. Yeah. Well done, A- Chaz.
1: Absolutely. So that is Steve O's sportsperson of the week. Any final words, boys?
7: No. Have we t- have we touched on the cricket at all?
2: Do we talk about yeah, India well, and Pakistan, India and Australia? We'll do that right after this, including
1: right. the four Central Coast players oh, about course. to play in the Trans Tasman. First time ever, there'll be an over 40 international, and we've got four. In fact, we've got more players than anyone else in Australia from the Central Coast in that Australian team. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
0: Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
1: Yeah, welcome back. Live from Terrigal on the balcony. Thanks again to Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club. We can't thank them enough. Boys, you've got 90 seconds to repeat on the air what you just spoke about with the bargaining agreement. So I believe Paul Kent's written an article in The Telegraph today.
2: Oh, it's, it's your opinion. Well, he's, and again, I haven't read the whole lot, but, you know, this first part about, um, you know, the players should pull their head in and that they, you know, should respect the fact that there was players before them and, and that, players will uh, you know supporters are will support the jersey not the player and all those things i I understand that right but ultimately the players are the product and they're the ones that are actually delivering on the field so it's not their fault that the value of the tv rights now has gone from what it was back in the day to what it is now that's just the inflation that's just the reflection of the market etc etc so they deserve their percentage and fair percentage of what it is the women's game and, you know, there was a comparison there. It's $4,444 uh, the minimum wage if you are to play every every game as a man. It's $3,333 if you're a female, right? So you can talk about it's 120 for a male. It's 30000 for a female. I still see that relatively fair in relation to the number of games they play, right? And, you know, the product and where it's at right now. Rugby league in the male game is 110, 112 years old. The female game, as we know it now, you know, we're only talking 5, 10, maybe 15 years in relation to where it's been around. So, you know, you've got to crawl before you can walk. I think it's great that the girls are being uh, rewarded the way they have. I think there's a long way to go in relation to that. And I think that will come over time. These girls are pioneers right now.
1: Yeah, well said, Buttes. Berko, four players off to New Zealand. They'll create history next week.
7: Yes, certainly will. Four new international cricketers, Dane Stevenson, Jeff Hemming, Ash Hardy, all from the entrance, and Scott Jarvis, will be playing for the Australian over 40s against New Zealand next week. They'll play three one-day internationals against New Zealand, and they'll have a trial game also against New Zealand A. So, fantastic opportunity for these players. They're pioneers. It's going to be the first over 40s International that's going to be played, which is which is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, awesome. Four from the Central Coast, the most there's actually of anyone in the in the squad. So. Yeah,
1: and so. from our sponsor Robson Civil Projects, Chris Dixon, probably opening fast bowler.
7: Yeah, he was. Yeah, we ran a Dicko up at the uh, open day we had up at uh, Tomago, and uh, he's really excited. 47 years of age, so he's one of the elder statesmen because you can't play actually outside your age group. So it's so it's over 40s. to to over 50, so in that that age group. So he'll open the bowling, still playing first grade in Newcastle. Isn't it
1: amazing, yeah, that he's still playing first grade at 47 and in a few weeks' time, he'll play against his son, who's a teenage quick, uh, on a really good pathway and he's moved to another club. So father will play son in a few weeks' time.
7: Yeah, look, his son, uh, I know his son, he's a very, very promising uh, fast bowler as well. So, um, look, that'll be great, the opportunity to play. It's exciting to play with your son, but when you get the opportunity to play against your son in, in the first grade competition, I think that uh, has a nice little bit of needle.
2: Well, Ash is uh, evident of that. He's playing with both his sons. Yeah, with
7: Jake and Brock. And Brock, yeah. yeah. and.
2: Well, is it Brock? Is in outstanding
7: form at the moment. Yes. Like with yes, the
2: bat, he's, yes. is it four
7: centuries? Five now. Uh, five now. Five now. And, five now.
2: and
1: a couple yep. of years ago, he was player of the grand final, wasn't he? In an epic grand final where Jeff Hemming hit the winning
7: runs. Yeah, that's right. And look, and Ash is still playing. Yes. First grade cricket in the, in the, the strongest side on the on the coast. So he, he's certainly contributing still well. And uh, he's vice captain of the Australian side as well, Ash. So
1: Hey, boys, we need to go to uh, Kelly Jolly, who's waiting patiently on the line for a couple of minutes here. Kelly, uh, welcome to Saturday on the coast with Stephen Butes and Gary Birkenshaw. Pink Stumps Day. Uh, I'm giving you a standing ovation right now because in the last couple of years you've raised almost $50,000 and you do it all again tomorrow. Yes, we
5: certainly do. Yes, we kick off tomorrow morning for this will be our fourth Pink Stumps Day. Um, 10 a.m. tomorrow. We're hoping to add another twenty grand onto
1: our total. Mm. Yeah, just amazing. And it's for the McGrath Foundation. Uh, Tell us some of the people that deserve credit and tell us what will happen tomorrow.
5: Um, so tomorrow we are kicking off. We've changed our format a little bit. We have got we have four women's teams this year and one youth girls team within our club. So to give them all a bit of a game tomorrow, um, we, uh, we split them into four teams. They'll play in the mornings in some T10 competitions. The winners will go through to a T20 grand final in the afternoon. So it's going to be a bit more of a big hitter's game, a bit more exciting, having all the women playing right throughout the day. Plus we've got our auction um we've got some amazing auction prizes this year um we actually have a signed Shane Warne memorabilia piece of his 300th wicket that actually documents every single one of those 300 wickets mm. that we're going to put up for auction tomorrow so we've got some amazing pieces we've had donated
1: hey kelly can people jump on facebook or the website to find out more
5: Yeah, definitely. Jump Our our best bet is to jump on all of our socials, whether it's Instagram or Facebook. Um, We are taking bids on all of our auction items, which are up on our page now. So you can jump on there, leave a comment. We will document that that down and get in touch with you if you are the winning bidder.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Round of applause for Northern Power. Uh, Congratulations, Kelly. Thanks for your time this morning. Best wishes for tomorrow. And God love you doing this for the McGrath Foundation. Hey, a little bit of noise in the background. That's because the great Paul Lamont has joined us from Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club. You look like the rainbow warrior. Uh, (laughs) What's happening, my friend?
2: It's Mardi
8: Gras. Well, Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club today is celebrating the rainbow beaches. It's about being in um, everyone's welcome at the beach, Um, about inclusiveness, no matter what age, gender, cultural background or sexual orientation you are and it's about everyone's welcome at the beach and it's being part of an inclusive club and it's fantastic the whole club's getting behind it from the nippers right through to the masters and everyone in between this morning our training group the under 15s, 17s, 19s opens and a few of the masters had a big rainbow Man session and had a bit of fun out there put the coloured zinc on and um, yeah, we had a great morning and just put on a bit of a barbecue after that and had a bit of a celebration And now we're about to go out in about 10 minutes time. We've created a rainbow out the back there and um, All everyone is welcome people are turning up now in droves Which I'm quite surprised with including neighboring clubs including North Avoca. so
1: it's great. It's fantastic Yeah, fantastic mate and uh We watched that session, so are you picking teams for the New South Wales Championship? Yeah, yeah, we're at the moment doing
8: 17s, 19s teams mainly and we had three of our selectors on the beach and I was an out in the water selector so I could sort of be out in the water and gauge how people were going. Um, you know, as you know, Steve is an experienced surf sports competitor. Things happen around the cans. You can get stuck on a can or in a grip. And I, I, I was in amongst it all, so I had a fair idea of how everyone's going, which um, they're all going really well and out there enjoying themselves.
2: Do you have to troll? Sorry? Do you have to no, troll? No, ah, no, Are okay? I, I'm a little bit. <laughs> out, I'm, I'm <laughs> Straight a little up bit, starter?
1: I'm a little bit out of that age group now. Well, if... well, it's a good point that you raise, Butes, because at the branch surf life saving championships, Paul, are you. How old are you now, my friend? 55? No, I'm 56. 56. Paul ran second in the Open Men's Surf Race behind Hayden Smith. Yes. So, yeah. so you've got a 42-year-old 42, 42 year old winning the branch Open Surf Race against all the young guns and a 56-year-old running second. And, Paul, I dare say New South Wales Championship's coming up soon on Sydney's Northern Beaches. Then all roads lead to Perth yeah. for you to go and maintain your phenomenal record.
8: Yeah, see how it goes. The training's going okay at the moment, Um, we'll just see what happens. You know what surf's like, you can throw up anything and um, you just go over there with an open mind. At the end of the day, um, I just enjoy training and competing and um, the results, you know, speak for themselves.
1: we've got someone roughly scribbling something here, 104 Australian medals, is that correct? Um, Yeah, including Pool
8: Rescue, um, it's actually on 107. It <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, was that
7: gold ball, not medals gold?
8: No, that's gold medals. The gold medals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gold Amazing. medals. Um who
1: knows where the bronze <laughs> are? Like,
8: I cracked the I cracked the 100th poor rescue this year, so. Yeah. And actually, yeah, it was um it's 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 not what I do it do the sport for, but you know, if you get if you come across these little um, things that happen, you know, it's quite amazing. I never ever, in my wildest dreams, I never ever, ever thought I'd ever get to anything over 100 gold or just Aussie, Aussie medals.
7: Where do you put your gold medals?
8: Um, well, I actually just <laughs> hang them up on a, a hook or put them in a box at home. But it's it's actually, weird as it sound? It's not necessarily, you're just trying to get the most out of yourself. Not It's not just about winning or...
1: Hey, and by the way, uh, Steve-O's inaugural Sports Person of the Week, you'll love it, was Stephanie Kerrick.
8: Yes. Isn't she in great form? She's in fantastic form. I've actually been doing a little bit of training with her here and there, um, and she's in sensational form. I can't see her getting beat. She won't be beaten in the two-kilometre swim um, in Perth. I think she'll be going in is the hot favourite in the yeah. 2K and the surf swim um, in the 30 to 34
1: years. Hey, thanks to Terrigal Surf Club. Thanks to Paul Lamont, the Masters legend. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Gary Birkinshaw. Thanks to Valentine Holmes. Buttes, enjoy the next month. We'll miss you, my friend. And thanks, as always, to Adam Staples back at headquarters. We'll catch you next Saturday on SEM. Thank you.